You are listening to The Social Hub Podcast. This is episode number 116, which means you can find all the links and relevant show notes for this episode at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash 116. Hey there, I'm Stacey Marie, your host of this podcast and a business coach helping women in business stand out of the crowd online through social media, online courses, digital products, and podcasting. On this pod, we will chat about business, marketing, mindset, money, and all that's in between so that you can grow your business your way because you are magic and everything you need is right inside you. I acknowledge the Nandawal and Minyungbuk people of the Bunjalung Nation on which land this podcast is produced. I thank them for the custodial role they undertake now, in times past, and for our future. And I extend my respect to all the people on the lands with which you are listening from also. Hey friends, how are you? I hope you're having a great week. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you today. Now, this episode relates to women specifically, Um, and can be 100% related to how you approach your business life, but can also be related to how you approach your personal life. Because we aren't just robotic businesswomen, we are full, whole women that have full, whole lives, and there is a huge part of our life that isn't our business. So I think it's important that on the pod, we discuss well-rounded topics that can be applied to both at times. So If you're a woman over the age of 35 and have started to notice that things are cha-cha-changing for you, pardon the singing, (laughs) then this episode is going to be one that you will love. Now, I'm 42 years old, almost 43, and technically, on a technicality, I'm in midlife, although that's not what pop culture would want you to believe. If you believe the narratives that society gives you, midlife is when you're meant to have some sort of crisis or you're you're getting old or even terms like drying up. And I'm using that with my little inverted comma fingers, drying up. When referencing things like menopause might spring to mind when you think of midlife. Now, that could be further from the truth. And I am here to bring you some spring back into the conversation around midlife because God damn it, I am not old, I am not irrelevant, and I have plenty of value to give, and so do you. But I do know that things have definitely changed for me in the last few years. They've changed for me in the sense that I want to slow down. I can't, I actually physically cannot keep up with the fast pace that I used to. And that might surprise some of you because I know most of you guys that know me go, Stacey, you run at a million miles an hour. Well, I can assure you, I have slowed down to about 900,000 miles an hour, okay? No, I'm just kidding. No, I really do want to slow down a lot more as I'm getting older. I physically can't keep up with the fast pace I used to. It stresses me out. I get massive anxiety when life's too fast paced. I need to schedule in downtime because my my brain, my body, my emotions, my nerves cannot cope with, with it being too fast anymore. Whereas when I was in my 20s, you'd burn the candle at both ends and get up and do it again the next day. Like, you know, it's a very different kettle of fish. Um, I'm definitely a lot more intentional with how I spend my time and energy. And with my kids being older, that means that I have been asking myself, what happens when they're adults? So 
For those of you that don't know, I've got two girls. Um, Ella's 13, Millie 14, Marley is 11. Marley starts high school next year. Um, Ella will be in year nine next year. And, you know, the sort of things that go through my mind are I've only got four years left with Ella in high school. And then in six years time, I'm done with high school. You know, um, I'm thinking about that the time gap between where they are now when they'll be independently driving themselves around is getting shorter. That the time frame when they'll be independently having their own jobs and earning their own money is getting shorter. And not that they need me less. Um, in actual fact, I feel in the teenage years, they need you more on a very different emotional existential level than uh, the physical level that they needed you as, as little tiny children. Um, although sometimes though, as teenagers, they still need you a lot physically because you're physically driving them around. Henceforth, why I can't wait for them to get cars and drive themselves around. Although that comes with a whole bunch of other stress, which I will have to experience at some point in time. But my point is I'm getting to that point where it's like, okay, there's a time frame on how much they are going to require me in the capacity that I am required to be around for them now right? And so as your family grows, what I've realized is that the questions I start to ask myself is what is my purpose? What will I work on? What is my work in the world past raising a family and running a business? Because you know what? I am a person outside my business and I cannot be on in my business all the time and I shouldn't be and neither should you. And I can't be a mother 24 seven and I won't be very soon. So what comes after that? What is my work in the world after that? Because that, my friends, I believe is what midlife is all about. Noticing the changes in your desires, your purpose and honoring that and how you'll work towards it, which can be hard when we're constantly faced with trying to live up to the constant demands of society and also the constant demands of ourselves to keep up being the same as we always were. You know, like we always go around saying, I haven't changed. I'm the same as I always was. Well, I'm not. I've definitely changed. I think I've changed 100% for the better. I've grown. I've evolved. I've gotten older. I've had life experiences. I'm more humble now than I was in my 20s. I'm willing to learn and take on criticism. I don't think that I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I know that I'm not, right? So, you know, we need to start honoring that. Um you know, it's important to acknowledge that we've grown and evolved and comparing ourselves to that ourselves to that younger version of ourselves isn't helping us. And it's certainly not helping us change the narratives that society places on us. And I do believe that for us to change the narrative society has, we need to do it in our own life first. These small little incremental changes, we do it ourselves, we teach it to our daughters, they teach it to their daughters. This is how we make long-term systemic change. And for those of us like me, like I said, who have young daughters, I don't want them to live out their days with stress and anxiety of constantly having to live up to unrealistic expectations of women. The unrealistic expectations placed on us by society and that we then continue to perpetuate for ourselves. So here we are with an incredible episode about honoring the midlife pause and what that means. How does it show up for us? What can we do to navigate life and business more in line with our energy as we grow into that next iteration of ourselves as women, mothers, and members of our community? So my guest today is Katja Dentini, who is a spiritual mentor and Reiki practitioner and elemental guide. Katja is an amazing woman. She is a, I'm going to say a client of mine. We've worked together on workshops. We connect on Instagram a lot. Um, 
you know, she's a, definitely a customer of mine and she's a beautiful, beautiful woman who helps other women in midlife find their magic again. So they not just go through the motions of midlife, but they can build a solid foundation to hold them strong. Doesn't that just sound incredible? Like that just sounds exactly like what I want to be doing. So this incredible conversation is coming your way right now. I'm going to get off the mic and hand right over to it so you can get stuck into it. And I hope you enjoy it, listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. All right, welcome Katja to today's episode of the podcast. Um, I'm thrilled to have you here, not like for so many reasons. One, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about, but two, we've been connected for quite some time on socials and gotten to know each other. So it's really beautiful to be able to now translate that over to the podcast and have you share with everyone what you're really passionate about. Um, so I'm just going to hand it straight over to you and I really want you to share with everyone who you are and a little bit about what you do. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I have pretty much Instagram stalked you for quite some time. So <laughs> it's really nice to have a chat. Um, so I am mum to four boys. I work part time and have my own business. I love working with women. Uh, especially around that midlife time, because I believe we get to reinvent ourselves around that time. Um, I'm an energy worker, so I see, feel, sense, smell energy um, and been reading tarot slash oracle cards for pretty much most of my adult life. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much me. So we're going to be talking today about what is the midlife pause and what's it all about, which is pretty much exactly like what you do in your business. And the reason I'm, I'm excited about it is because like I'm 43 this year, right? So I can already tell with myself, like I'm perimenopausal, I'm nearly 43. And I can tell with myself that the, you know, that comparison that we do sometimes as we get older with younger women or people at women at different stages of their life and definitely at business we're all in business we're always comparing ourselves to people at different stages of business and I even I get tired like I'm just like I've been a parent for 13 years I'm tired I don't have the energy to be doing all of that stuff <laughs> and I think it'll just be a really nice permission slip mm. to a accept that our cycles of life change and it's okay to accept that but also to to celebrate it mm. at the same time so yeah Absolutely. so yeah so first of all I'd love you to classify like what years do you classify as midlife so what I would classify as midlife is anywhere between 35 and 45 43 45 that would be what I would class classify as midlife um, because it's the part in our lives where if we've chosen to have children, they've got to a certain age. Um, if we've chosen to have a career, we've got to that career highlight or our kids have got to that age where they're going to kinder, they're going to school, they're going to high school. It's all of those things. It's like it sets off a... I don't want to use the word timer, but just a, a shift in energy within how yeah. we're feeling. 
we've gone from those years where we were looking after young children where it's really like it's full on it's constant um and it starts to shift if we're in a career we've got to that place where we've got the the dream job and we're starting to really go hang on a minute is this all there is for life yeah yeah and it's I think the energy like the actual physical energy is an interesting thing because I was like I was watching a masterclass or reading a book or something anyway, and it was talking about like the life phases of a woman. Mm -hmm. And it was saying that, you know, in that kind of maiden phase, which is like in your twenties to thirties, you have this increase in estrogen, which actually gives you more physical energy. So Mm -hmm. when you're a mom with little kids, your body actually is built to have the energy to keep up with it in those years of your life. And it's like, so now like me, at nearly, I'm 43 in September, my kids are teenagers and I'm just like, holy moly, like, I don't know how I could have a baby, right? Like, there's just no way my body could keep up with the demands of the time that they require from me. I'm not saying teenagers aren't demanding, but, um, you know, that little, when they're little, they're so energetic and, yeah. you know, you can really see it. And it's when I see women that have babies a lot later which has been a very cultural shift mm. a lot of them really struggle with the, to keeping up the energy with the toddlers and everything so the energy is not just a it's not just a spiritual thing it's a physical thing like we feel different energy and but we don't we don't we don't honor it very well <laughs> we don't we don't because you will quite often hear those women who are hitting that what I call like that midlife pause and they're going, but I want to be 20 again. I want to be, you know, I want to feel like that. It's like, and part of me is going, oh, wow. It's like, you want to go backwards, but what we actually need to do is just stop and go, hang on a minute. How do I move forwards with the energy that I have right now, with the feelings that I have right now? But yeah, I hear you. It's like when you're younger, you've got the energy to run around after them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's different. And, and you care about different things too, like the energies across so many facets of, you know, your life, right? So, so what is the midlife pause? So what I classify as a midlife pause is between that age, that 35 to 45 age, where we get to the point and we're asking ourselves, okay, is this all there is for life? Like, is this what my life looks like for the next 50 years? Because that's where I've come from we start to question we start to question what we want and what is actually important in our lives and you'll see women start to shift and start to go okay I don't want to do that anymore that doesn't feel good anymore Um, a lot of women will change jobs they will uh, start to find spirituality that's a lot that happens within Mm. that phase they start to question okay that's not how I want to do things anymore. So that is that moment where it's like, okay, just stop. Just just stop chasing and just stop. That's what I call the midlife pause, when we do just need to stop creating or looking for things to answer the questions because the, the answers are actually inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I classify as a midlife pause. Yeah. And it it does definitely what well, has for me coincided with my kids getting older. Mm-hmm. So, which I know happens for a lot of women. Um like I was 29 
when Ella was born, 31, when Marley was born. So, you know, Ella's in year eight, Marley's about to finish primary school. And, you know, you do sit back and go, okay, well, I've got four years before Ella's an adult. What, like, you know, it's it's just it, trying to detach from, you know, all this hardcore parenting you've had to do over this time. I mean, you always stay a parent to your kids, always. But um, it's it's kind of, you kind of do sit there and go, what am I going to do with the next 50 years of my life? Like, I'm just so used to looking after these children and taxiing them everywhere and doing all this stuff for them. And you do start to question, oh, yeah. I don't want to do what I did in my 20s. I want to do something different. And you and you want fulfilment because particularly, I think, for women that have had children, your children are such a fulfilling mm. thing. So you still want to have that fulfilment, but it's not going to be with your kids until maybe they give you grandkids or something, you know? Exactly. Something else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, kids get to, I mean, kids need you at any phase in their life. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> they get to like, a, my eldest is 23 and he still needs us. He still lives at home, but you know, I look at my teenage kids because all of mine are now past that and into the teenage years and they still need you. They still need you, but it's, a, it's different. Yeah. It's not the constant when they need you as a toddler and a baby and when they start primary school, it's, it does definitely shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, well, I know this is how it's shown up for me is the shift has also come when they've needed me to shift too, because their needs for me haven't been purely primal in the sense that I, they didn't need me to bath them or cut up their sandwich or you know teach them how to walk or any of those things. I, they needed me to step up to as a parent and show them how to have goals and figure out who they are and you know they're going through that journey kind of at the same time I am too absolutely which is you know which is kind of which is I don't know if that's the way it's meant to be but that's how it's definitely shown up for me I I have had the same experience as my youngest started primary school that's when I really I basically sort of fell apart a little bit and put myself back together. But that was when it started for me. That's when all everything started to change because I'd been a mum for 11 years. I didn't know anything else. So, yeah, it definitely does as they do change and their needs for us change. That's where we change. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes we can miss it though. Oh, 100%. So is that like the main way it shows up or like what are some other ways it can show up for women? Some women wouldn't even be parents, right, and wouldn't be mothers, so it would show up differently for them. Absolutely, absolutely, and I've got quite a few uh, people who I've talked to with that and they said it's like they get to a certain point in their career or their job or what they're doing and they start to sit back and notice that it's not as fulfilling as it was before. It's like it's not hitting those parts of themselves that felt happy and joyous. Um, you know, they get itchy feet. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm ready for something new. But it's an ongoing thing. It sort of almost sort of creeps up, but it's a thing that keeps happening because, of course, we all go in cycles. So sometimes it's a cycle that, that it happens but this one hangs around yeah and um one lady said to me she said it was just like a light had gone out in her it was like that light wasn't there anymore and she was trying to find the light but she couldn't find it because she was ready for a whole different part of her life 
Yeah, it's like you're really unraveling yourself mm. in a way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's a completely new phase. So um, so what what do women need then? So, you know, if it's that whole like realization that you you need more fulfillment or it could come from your family or your job or you know it's a, a different stage of life your energy shifted you, you want different things what mm. so what do women need then at this time to help them through it because it can be it can be confronting because mm. sometimes you, you get you can get very attached to the role that you've played in your family in society in your job and it's and it, particularly if you've got a really solid identity in those places too, you can sometimes cling to it and yes. resist the change, I think, because you don't know you don't know how to be a different version of yourself. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And, and it is that part. And that's where, you know, if you're hearing yourself saying, oh, I want to go back to, you know, what I was in my 20s or, you know, before I had children or those sort of things, that's the first couple of signs that will give you the idea of, oh, hang on a minute, I've hit that place. And the biggest thing that I that I share most of the time is just being kind to yourself and just starting to go, okay, I'm starting to feel these feelings rather than going, nope, it's not happening, nope, that's not happening, and just starting to explore what you do feel like you want to go for. And, and sometimes that's not clear. Sometimes that's as simple as, okay, well, I don't want to work this job anymore, but what actually excites me? Where are those things that can excite me? And taking short courses. Um, this is what we don't talk about as women. We don't talk about this and talking to other women about it and, and talking about how you're feeling and what's coming up for you and how you're able to explore that. Because if you're going through it, your friends are going through it at varying stages. So talking to somebody is huge. Um, and just being aware of the feelings rather than like pretending that they're not there. I think, yeah. did that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, because it is confronting to kind of try and unravel yourself and think about what does that next phase look like you you know you mentioned talking to people and you know short courses and things when you're exploring you know exploring feelings that maybe you're not quite sure of you know is is, is that the sort of thing that helps women at this point like you know like journaling or you know mm -hmm. like what sort you know what sort of things would help them kind of uncover that? Because I know I was in the finance industry for 17 years. I didn't know anything else other than just doing finance. And now I'm a business coach, which is completely different, right? But at the time, I I didn't, I still don't journal very well, but I was never something I would have considered doing to try and figure out what the next thing was. Like, I'm not saying that has to be the thing, but, you know, what are some tools that can help women tap into that? Because particularly for women who've been in secular work and haven't done a lot of personal development or any of that sort of stuff for a while, it can be hard to know how to tap into that, those feelings. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say journaling for one, like a beautiful place to start. And I know journaling is not for everybody. Um, I have a, a beautiful friend who doesn't journal, but she draws. 
Um, but journaling will allow you to take that time to feel those feelings. Um, you know, if journaling's not your thing, I'm trying to think of another thing other than journaling because I love journaling, but um, being able to give your feelings or what you're feeling as a space as opposed to just ignoring it. I think, for, I know for me as a mum, I can put my feelings aside when other people need something and spending time, you know, like connecting with ourselves, spending time understanding ourselves is definitely a, a place to start. Um, following the breadcrumbs, it's a, yeah, but I love the fellow following the breadcrumbs. And it will be little things like, oh, maybe I could do this, or maybe this would interest me. Um, those sort of things are really helpful because it starts you thinking outside of the box of this is my life. I'm a mum, I look after kids, I drop them here, I'm the taxi, all of that sort of stuff. But what else do you want to do with your life? Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. yeah yeah no it does and I think it's just that whole thing of allowing yourself the space to sit with your thoughts and to you know and it doesn't mean to even say that you're going to have this life-altering career change or anything like that I think it just is you know allowing yourself the opportunity to go hmm, you know what I never used to read books but I'm going to read books now or oh, I never used to be someone that went for a hike, but that feels like something that could be really cool for me to do now or something. Or I never used to draw or I like to do a pottery cut, like whatever it is that, you know, is kind of coming to you. And I think allowing yourself the permission to explore new things, mm. but I think allowing your brain the space to, to be able to have those thoughts. We fill our brain with so much noise these days. Mm. It's how do you turn it off? Like I'm terrible at journaling. I'm terrible at meditation. I know I probably shouldn't say that, but I've tried them so many times and they're just not for me. But I love walking in nature. I love swimming. They're the spaces I get to free my brain. They're, that's when all that stuff drops in for me. Um, and, you know, I make space in my day to do it every day. That's yeah. my meditation, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's, there's no right way to meditate. I, I remember many years ago, um, you know, someone saying to me, oh, you need to sit for 10 minutes every day and meditate. And I went, um, excuse me, I've got four boys. Uh, no, not yeah. going <laughs> But I walk in nature and whether I've got them with me or not, it didn't matter because nature rebalanced me and that was my meditation. Yeah. There is no right way to do it. It's, it's just allowing yourself the space. And I think what happens is, I mean, for me, I'm a mum, so I can relate to like mum things. We're continually giving, 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 giving to others. And this is the time in this pause, in this space that you actually need to give back to you. Yes. It's the, it's so hard to do. I know. <laughs> but it's probably the number one. So if it's the number one thing that anybody takes away is to give back to you. Now, giving back to you can look many different ways. It doesn't have to look like going to have your nails done or going for a swim or going for a walk. It doesn't have to look like anything. But giving back to you is where you start. Yeah. And that really kind of answers my next question was how can women care more for themselves at this time of of their life mm -hmm. and it's kind of breaking down to what does self-care look like for you and if it is going to get your nails done then go get your nails done like awesome if 
getting your hair done is the thing that, you know, makes you feel topped up in your cup, then awesome. You know, some people find cooking cathartic, like, you know, what does self-care look like for you? And, and sometimes, and self-care is not just like, um, what's the word? Not external is the word I'm thinking, but it's not the right one. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of like, it's not, you don't have to go get a massage to, or secular self-care, maybe you would call it. It doesn't have to be you going and spending money with other people to have self-care. Self-care can just be saying no. Mm -hmm. It can be saying, I'm going to finish this coffee hot before I do something for you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think um, what I always say, it's not about what you do for self-care, it's the why you do it. It's the why behind it. So if you're going to have a massage, why are you going? Because your body needs it. If you're um, going for a walk in nature, you know, that's your self-care. Why are you doing it? Because that's how I connect with myself. That's what's important. It's the why behind it. And self-care can be so simple. Yeah. So simple. It can be, you know, like on a Monday is my day off. So Monday afternoon, I'll watch a movie. That's my self-care. That's that's my self-care for that day in that moment. Yeah. I feel like we need to probably, would you say, stake like stake claim on it more at this age because mm-hmm. we don't have the energy stores to just keep going and going like we did when we were younger. So you've got to be have really good boundaries with other people, and I think better boundaries with yourself. Yeah, totally agree, and it has to be like high on your priority list it has to be okay everything else can wait because I need self-care because it's the way you connect with yourself but it's also the way you connect with others because when you're connected into yourself your cup is full or your phone is charged what you know that thing I always say you you charge you wouldn't walk around with your phone on five percent you charge your phone so why would you not look after yourself and it's just like no I need to go and do this then I'm available for that yeah yeah. Or I, you know, simple things like, yeah, I don't go out on Sunday nights yeah. because I need my energy to get through the week or, you know, setting, and that's a personal boundary, I think, because it's, you can very easily get into the habit of feeling guilty saying no to people. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, I don't, I don't go out on Sunday nights. I've often said that to people in the last few years. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't go to business functions at nighttime. No. And someone said, you, you, why do you never go to like a business event at night? And I go, because I go to bed, like I've got better things to do than go out at night time. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I don't, yeah. I don't have clients at night. Yeah. I you just know, don't have clients. You know, and I, conversely, I know people that don't do things early in the day, whereas I'm a morning person. So, yeah. you know, but that's, I think that's tapping in and just owning who you are mm. and really designing your life and the way you run it around that rather mm. than, designing it around what other people need exactly from you exactly yeah 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 for sure um so what would you say I'm going to ask this in two parts what would you say to women out there who are listening um who are in this stage right Mm -hmm. now and are going I haven't been listening I haven't been listening to the nudges or the whispers or whatever um what would you say to those women is like the place for them to start? The place for them to start is just to allow themselves maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes a day 
to just ask themselves what they want and what they need today. Because when we're in that moment, we're looking, we fill the space with what other people need. We fill the space with the things on our to-do list. We fill the space with all of the stuff that we have been doing. So I would say just to allow themselves, it doesn't matter when it is or how it is, um, but to just stop and listen. Because we're always getting messages. We're always thinking things whether or not they're for other people or for us, but to ask ourselves, okay, what is it I actually need today? What is my mind, my body, my spirit telling me? What are the nudges just for today? And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be just really simple. Mm. Well, we ask everyone else what they need. Mm -hmm. You know, the first thing we say when our partner or our kids get up in the morning is you know what do you want for breakfast what do you want in your lunchbox like what do you need today what time do you need to leave the house you know so we need to be involved in that process too and I think it can feel really selfish when you start to do it because you're not used to it so it feels really self-indulgent to to do that but it actually allows you to communicate with the people around you what you need from them rather than them just missing the mark entirely and you having an argument with your spouse or with your kids or your mother or your friend or whoever because you haven't communicated that hey I I need this right now I need space or I need love or I need to go outside and you know expend energy or whatever like you you know it might be that you want time with them maybe that's what you're craving too like it's not about you know, everything being just doing stuff on your own too, but knowing what you need it's and allowing yourself to be honest about it and then you can communicate it better with other people around you. Um, then I guess, actually, there was something else I wanted to ask you, but I'll ask this one first. What about women that are approaching this phase? How, how can they prepare for it? Because I can tell you, this is not conversations I had in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared. I think I basically stumbled onto this stage of life and started learning about it towards the end of it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, this wasn't yeah. conversations that women were having. And this was something we talked about before I hit record is that you know, the aging woman isn't celebrated in society. The young woman is celebrated in society. So this conversation wasn't a mainstream conversation people were having in my 20s. Never, ever, ever. Whereas we're starting to turn that table now. So what would you say to those women? So I would say to those women who are approaching that age um, to start really listening and having the conversations, which, you know, we're all aging. Let's like, Let's be honest, we're all getting older. And I think instead of looking at it as going, oh my goodness, I'm turning 40, or oh my goodness, I'm turning 50, it's going, wow, I've had 50 years on this earth. That's amazing. What are the next 50 going to be like? But it's really opening ourselves up to be able to go, okay, I'm approaching this midlife phase. How can I come into that with an open mind and an open heart? What are the things that I can be honest with myself and start to talk about with my girlfriend, start to talk about with my partner, um, with my children, those sort of things, and start 
to see, start to see the little signposts, I say, that come up. Yeah. You know, and I think as if, if you're a mother to, to young growing women, mm. being aware of this will help you help them mm-hmm. too. You know, um, you know, we're going to be around when our kids are in their thirties, having their own families. And, you know, again, this is conversations that was is not happening, has not happened between my mother and my, my grandmother's still alive. Like this wasn't a conversation we had together ever, but now that I'm aware of it, I'm like, once you know better, you do better. Mm. Right. And it's like, Mm. these are the things I'll be, when my girls get to in their thirties, approaching 40 with, you know, their teenage kids, I'll be like, you know, this is the next stage of your life. This is what Mm. you need to do. This is how Mm. you listen to yourself. This is how you care for yourself because you can set the example for them now. Mm. Totally agree. Totally agree. And because, you know, having these conversations with them, it doesn't become taboo. Yes. It doesn't become scary. Like I remember having a conversation, I don't remember with who, about menopause. And I'm like, oh, I'm in menopause. And she goes, oh, don't want to talk about it. I'm like, why not? This this is like I'm a I'm a I'm a feminine core being. I I've had my period. I've done all of that. I've had my children. I'm ready for menopause because <laughs> I'm I'm done. Like I ticked all those boxes, and it was like I had spoken about something really taboo. And I'm like, oh no, this needs to be talked about because menopause can be beautiful, yeah. and it can be a wonderful experience if we talk about it. Yeah. Oh, 100% agree. It's funny. My youngest, Marley, like there's no conversation that's off topic with that kid, right? So she she was asking about it because I often say, oh, we've got two coming in and one on her way out. Like, and I, <laughs> you know, and I'm always laughing with my husband and saying, oh, you lucky man. <laughs> You've got a perimenopausal <laughs> wife, um, one, one teenager who's yeah. in started that cycle and one just about to come in so this is going to be an interesting 10 years for you mate and um marley was like so when do women get get men they think it's something you get like you get menopause and um and i said well why obviously you've been told about it when do you think and she's like oh in your 50s and i said well yeah it can start in your 40s too and then i explained to her what it was about and she was like oh do you want that to happen i said i'm done man i have had my kids i am done with that i am so ready (laughs) yeah Absolutely. And I think it's something to really celebrate. Um, You know, you see women, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, like everyone, it happens at different ages. But I think it's something amazing to celebrate. And I remember, I think it was three consecutive months when I hadn't had my period. I went, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not coming back. Yeah, my husband goes, what's going on? I said, I'm in menopause. <laughs> I'm not celebrating it because it's like, yes, my body is doing what it should doing. This is something to be celebrated, not to be put on the shelf and go, we don't talk about that. Because yeah. it's not a, not a womanly thing to talk about. Uh, yes, it is. Well, it happens to us, so it is a womanly thing to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But even the whole, like, 
like the words that get used around menopause is it's like mm. it, it's a symptom of you have symptoms of menopause like it's a um a medical condition it's yeah. not a medical condition it's not the flu it's not fucking chicken pox it's just a stage of our life and you know we've been taught from a very young age mm. that you hide the hot flashes and you have to hide all this and just pretend that it's not happening and it's like we don't have to hide anything, man. We've we've earned the stripes. We've earned the stripes to get here. Why should we have to hide it? Exactly, exactly. And and you know, if we talked about it more, how different would that be for you know the younger generation and the and the women ten years behind us to be able to go? Oh, I'm really having a hot flush. Um, but yeah, it makes so many women uncomfortable. It's like, mm-mm, no. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, like, you know, after this, you know, midlife pause, which is around that like mid 30s mm. to mid 40s, there's still a lot of other years after that, right? <laughs> like it that's not the end of the <laughs> life. Like there's plenty of years after that. What like if if we don't honor this phase. Mm of our life, what are the kind of potential impacts you see after this phase? So there's lots of potential impacts. So there's potential impacts in that as women, we don't feel fulfilled. We're going through the motions of life. That's a big one. It's a really big one that I get sort of women between 40 and 50 and they're like, I'm just going through the motions. And I'm like, yes, because you've lost connection with life altogether because if you just get to that point, like you get the, the warning signs, you get the signpost and you get to that point where it's like, I'm just going through the motions. And that's generally where most women get to. And they go, I want more out of this life. And, mm. it's, and it's recognising that you want more and it's okay to want more. Yeah. That's a big one. It's okay to want more. That doesn't mean to say that your marriage is going to fall apart or you need to find a new job. It oh, just, God, no. No, women get, I, I do find a couple of women who have come to me and like, oh, does that mean my life as it is is over? It's not over. It just is ready for transition. You get to reinvent yourself. You get to try new things that you've wanted to try before um so it just means you get to change things around and you get to reinvent yourself and you get to try new things and it can be really the most amazing time when we allow ourselves to embrace it Mm. and I find the people that don't like the you know and I can think of people in my own life who they're, they're not embracing they're not embracing it right they're, they're probably very cut off to it even and it's almost like they're living their life like you know the magnets that you try to push together and they won't go together and it's it's just like you're trying to make this square peg fit into a round hole exactly exactly and and you'll see you'll see them you when you start to recognize it in yourself you start to recognize it in other people and you start Mm. to recognize it in the the older generation who haven't embraced yes and yeah yeah Yeah. because it can certainly come out in ways that can be really quite 
really quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know if you've heard that analogy of like the feather brick truck where it's like, you know, the, you're, the universe, the universe or whatever you want to call it, you're, yes. you're in a being or in a knowing or whatever it is, is get, trying to give you a message and it will give you like the little feathers you know, and might be a health issue. You might just have a little niggle. Something's not quite right. And then if you don't listen to that, it's like there's a brick gets thrown at you. It's like, okay, well, I didn't listen. And now I'm, you know, really, really got some issues going on here, you know. Um, and then if you don't listen, then it's the Mack truck. And if you get to the point the Mack truck's coming at you, it's like complete cataclysmic chaos because you haven't, listen to the breadcrumbs you didn't listen to the feather you didn't listen to the brick so is you know life's going to get you eventually and give you the freaking mac truck to tell you this isn't working anymore yeah. you know and that's um, if people don't listen to those niggles it could be health it could be mm. that you're not looking after yourself it could be a relationship that's not right for you and that could be a partner it could be a child it could be a friend it could be anyone right yeah. job any of those things um you know if you don't listen to those things eventually the Mack truck's going to come and you're going to have to listen. But if you wait to the point you have to listen, that's when it's, it could be, it can be really damaging. It, it can be really damaging in all sorts of places. And as you just said, like health-wise, physically, relationships, all sorts of relationships, you know, whatever they may be, you can see it when they're not working. And that's generally where it will start to show up is what I find either physically, um, you know, relationships or um, emotionally, you know, that's where it shows up. And I just think, you know, we only get one chance. You know, are we going to spend, you know, the first half of our life's busy, man. Like you're busy growing into an adult. Then you're busy trying to find, usually in your 20s, it's all about trying to find a partner and who you want to spend your life with, like that special person. And then the 30s is around, you know, you're having children for women, you know, usually you don't have to have children to be fulfilled, but a lot of women, it's about growing your family. And then, yeah, you get to your 40s and you're like, I've still got a whole shitload of living left to do, but all these things that I've spent my whole life searching for, that's kind of not all done, but I've, I've done that. So now I've got a whole, still a whole lot of stuff to do. And that's where you see women write books in their 60s and start businesses in their 50s and, you know, change, have complete lifestyle changes and things like that because they, they listened and yeah. they were able to then explore those things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Instead of just staying stuck where you where you always were. Mm. Yeah, because being stuck doesn't help because it's it's not allowing you to grow. You know, we we come into this life to grow, to um, evolve and change and do all of the beautiful things that we're meant to in life. Um, don't get stuck. Yeah. It's not fun. No. Go go out, go out and live. (laughs) go out and live oh I I love it I think it's such an important conversation and I think particularly for women in business Mm -hmm. I I think and I'm sure you'll back me up and you've probably got you know some other tips for women in business because you're a woman in business yourself but you know really honoring yourself at this time you know things like diary management are so important um your 
boundaries with being online, I think become really important too, because, you know, you get a lot of feels by the time you're in your 40s. You've done a lot of feeling in your life. And when you see a lot of things online, it can get really upsetting. You know, like having good boundaries, I think, prioritizing yourself and not comparing yourself to someone who's A, not at the same stage of business, but isn't in the same stage of life as you. Because some girl in her 20s that doesn't have any kids is going to have way more energy to do things that you don't right now. And and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And allowing it to be okay. Yeah. Allowing it to be okay and running a business in a way that feels authentic and real for you and your energy in this stage of your life. You don't have to compare yourself to others. And this is the big thing, I think, especially in business. Mm. Um, I, For me, I find there's lots of comparison, but that's how they do it. That's how they do it. Do business your way. And doing business your way comes back to connecting in with you and what your values are and what you want to do in your business. Um, And that does change. Yeah. That does change because mine has changed in the time that I have shifted through this. Mine has changed enormously. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you are in business, you, this might be the time where you're getting a niggle to go, oh, I might want to explore a different part of what I do. I might want to explore a new niche or I might want to explore having a podcast or I might want to explore doing a different type of service offer or doing business completely differently. And that's okay because just because what served you doesn't mean, has served you to now doesn't mean it always will. That's correct. Yeah, totally correct. Because as you shift, then so does your um, your audience, and so does your priorities in within that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it can definitely be related to both life mm-hmm. and business. I think, and for those business women out there, just know that you know, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. It's okay to do it your way. And you don't have to cover your gray hair all the time either. You know, like let that shit out, ladies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, just, I decided to do that just recently. So yeah. I'm very great. I've, I've actually seen quite a few people do it, like fully grow out, you know, and just embrace the natural silver, the silver fox that's underneath. Absolutely. Because who says we have to look a particular way? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Oh, it's been such a, like, I think it's been a real soul fulfilling conversation um, and a real big permission slip to women in this stage of their life to honour themselves a little bit more and accept that it's another phase and it's beautiful and you've got so much life left to live um to really honor yourself at this time so where can everyone find you on the internet where can you find me you can find me on instagram most of the time um life with katia that's where i am at the moment um i do have a facebook page midlife midlife with katia i think that's what it's called and (laughs) i'm trying to think (laughs) and my website is katiaelemental.com Beautiful. And all the links to all of that will be in the show notes anyway. So anyone who needs to can connect with you over there. So thank you so much for being generous with your time and for sharing with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 
if you liked what you heard in your ears today, then I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. You can find me at, at Stacy Marie Coaching. Until then, stay classy.